0: And the response is, that's fine, we'll just give it an awful move. Yeah, <laughs> that way no one's gonna vote for it. Uh, Here we go. Done so. See? Crack the code. You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening.
1: Election season is right around the corner. For community days, I mean. You know what they say? If you Porygon, try, try attack. A couple of dinos are making a victory
0: lap. Battlers are pushing the envelope with an open letter. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 107. It's August 18th. Yet another Tuesday evening. I'm your host, Chris, and with me, as always, I'm joined by my co-host Kyle. Hiya, hiya yourself, Kyle. How's it going, man?
1: It, it's going. It's going good. Okay,
0: good. I would be alarmed if you said otherwise. <laughs> anyway, before we get started with the rest of the show here, just a quick second to appreciate to brand new patrons, Ima and Phil. Thank you to both of you very much for your patronage. We just appreciate the heck out of it and we hope that you're enjoying the discord as well all right kyle it's time to shake off the shake off the rust as it were it's been it's been an entire week can you believe it since we last recorded a podcast yes Uh, me too Uh, it's because we do this every week Well, 107 of these so you should be believing that (laughs) (laughs) okay we made some goals last week do you want to go first sure okie doke you had three rather simple goals yeah. one was get a shiny genesect did that happen it did happen yes sir yes it didn't participate in go fest makeup no that didn't Ooh. happen okay okay and then 200,000 stardust throughout the week no that that didn't happen okay well you know what they say one out of the three is bad <laughs>
1: So what's going on? Just not just didn't play as much. Didn't have time other stuff to do. So I was telling Chris this right before we recorded. I got the shiny Genesect like the day it launched. on third was so
0: upset.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just like, you know what? That's it. That's right there. That's that's the peak of the event for me. So I'm just going to kind of take it easy this week. And I honestly did not play very much at all. So just just what happened for me this week.
0: You know, if you're able to take a week off every once in a while and take a break, I feel like this has been a theme of what we've been talking about the past couple of weeks because there's been so much to do and pay attention to. It's nice. You got a kind of slow week that snuck in when you weren't expecting it. Yeah. Do you feel refreshed? You ready to apply yourself to the grind next week?
1: Maybe. (laughs) <laughs> we'll see. We're gonna we're we're gonna be talking about what's coming down the pipeline. So <laughs>
0: Yes. Okay. But before we move on to all of that stuff in the news section, for my goals I wanted to max a shedinja and I did do that. I wanted to get three hundred thousand Stardust. I did do that. That was easy peasy. And I wanted to get a shiny genesect. I got two of them this week. One of which was a ninety eight percent fifteen really to fourteen fancy. fourteen. Sorry, 14, 15, 15 that's what it is. Uh yes, I'm I'm very thrilled. I had actually so I got the weaker of the two shiny Genesex um, while I was out raiding during GoFest makeup during those three hours. I got him, I was like, okay, cool, finally, I can replace this Ninkeda as my buddy now, because I'm done with the Ninkeda line as well, too, during the Maxim project, right? <laughs> and so I put him in there, and then an hour like, I gave him a path, and I did all the heart stuff, and it's like, if we're gonna be out and about, he might as well be out with me, right? <laughs> and oh then i God. like an hour later i caught this better one it was like oh <laughs> swapped him out gave him a pop and did the same thing like i can only imagine how badly that other Genesect feels like oh man maybe if i wasn't 12 13 12 <laughs> oh <laughs> my sister was like that's heartless dude i'm like oh, you know yeah. it's, it's just business it's just business anyway well enough about that why don't we just hop right into the news then Alright, right. So the first thing about the news, we did have something that happened this past weekend. It wasn't a full event or was it? It was a makeup event for GoFest. We just talked about how we had had that over the weekend and I had some great shiny luck and Kyle did not feel the need to play. (laughs) so how did we do kyle you did not do
1: (laughs) i did not do this is correct how did you do
0: i did pretty well i had six shinies caught during that time Wow. two of them were genesect though so they they kind of don't count count. those don't count four four of them were event spawns are you ready i'll save the best for last i'll do i'll do this in reverse order of excitement I'll do most exciting first and least exciting last okay pseudo wudo okay Okay. A Wobbuffet. Another male one, though. My uh, my hunt for the shiny Mrs. Wobbuffet continues. A Clefairy. Okay. And and what do you think it is? C-Dot. No, not C-Dot. It's a magic carpet. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the first shiny I caught that day, oh, and I almost no. just turned around and went home. Like,
1: <laughs> I'm done. Yeah.
0: And then the next morning, I caught a shiny sunkern and boy, that's like my fourth of those. So that's all right. Anyway. I had a good time. The bonuses were working well. The spawn rates were fine. It was kind of nice only having to focus on the spawns and catching because the raids weren't a thing that you had to worry about, nor was there a special research for you to accomplish. So it was my ideal sort of event, you know, just a mindless catch spree, which was nice. There were some issues, though, that brings us into our next news topic. Missing shiny unknowns during GoFest makeup event. Shiny unknowns were not turned on during the makeup event until five hours after it began in New Zealand. And now I know what you're thinking. Well, they're only three hours long. How could it five hours after the first time zone got their go? So two time zones completely missed out. Three time zones completely missed out, rather. And two time zones had shortened windows of availability during the event. So on Reddit, when they made this post, Niantic Indigo, who is Niantic representative, essentially, it's like the official go-to account on Reddit when people are looking for replies there, they responded saying, hey all, we are working out details on a resolution for this and more will be posted on our official channels soon. Apologies that I don't have more than that to share just yet. So it sounds like we might be getting some sort of makeup for the makeup event for our friends over in APAC, which is good for them. I'm just hoping that that also does not have its own unique flubs or <laughs> obstacles. Because I don't think I don't think we're going to get away with a makeup of a makeup of a makeup event. You know? Is, this is I mean, the smallest like... nesting doll inside. It doesn't get any smaller than this, you know?
1: Not, not for Pokemon Go, at least.
0: <laughs> no. No, it does not. So that's interesting. It's cool that they're acknowledging it, but it is a little frustrating to say the least i'm assuming if you're an apac player
1: yeah for sure yeah did
0: you see any of the sadness about this online
1: i saw some of it on reddit i don't do twitter so i i didn't see any of that i'm sure that was a mess but
0: Uh, no yeah we divide and conquer you can handle reddit i don't want to deal with that and i'll (laughs) handle twitter trust me you don't want to deal with that so (laughs) yeah people were kind of upset it it was just it was just basically like oh i'm disappointed nobody was like raging against the machine about it you know what i mean they're all just like, oh
1: man there were some exceptionally disappointed people on reddit
0: oh bummer yeah yeah well it's good that niantic indigo responded then that's good we got something in the works it looks like but enough about makeup events let's talk about another makeup event Ultra Unlock Dragon Week Makeup Timed Research Event. I'm just going to read the quote here. <laughs> I'm just going to read the quote, okay? Trainers, due to technical issues that occur during Dragon Week, we're holding a global makeup event from Friday, August 21st, 2020, at 8 a.m. to Wednesday, August 26th at 10 p.m. local time. During this makeup event, all trainers, all, will be able to access new timed research. The rewards for this new timed research will be the same as those for the Dragon Week timed research, but the tasks will be slightly different. So, you know, you're not catching 20 dragons or whatever to do a step. The other features of the Dragon Week event, such as the featured Pokemon appearing in the wild, will not be active during this event. So it's only going to be this timed research, which is the same as the timed research we had before, but different. Why? Why? Well, I mean, I think we all know why, because people were very upset about the whole Dino thing. Dino Gate was a whole deal on Twitter, let me tell you. No, no, no.
1: I, I know that. Mm-hmm. But this is not an answer to that.
0: Well, like, I mean, there's two guaranteed Dino in the research. Oh, man. Two. <laughs>
1: With a non-boosted rate. I can't wait. Well, it... Arguably I'll be eating my words sure. in, in about a week when one of those is shiny for me. You watch.
0: Yeah, let's see what because they've done guaranteed shinies as research rewards before. Yeah. It is
1: possible. They could do this. I thought about it, but are they really going to air quotes here? Shoot themselves in the foot and give everyone a free shiny dino.
0: Mm, that's an interesting question. And it's a discussion I think we should save for later on in the show where I have made a nice space for it. OK, I'm excited to talk about it. The rarity is a very interesting topic in the Pokemon Go sphere. But anyway, that's it for that makeup event. It's August 21st again through August 26th, 8 a.m. on the first day to 10 PM on the last day, local time for you to do that timed research. It is timed. So make sure you do it if you want your dyno. They're they're freebies, just do it. It'll be fine. Okay, cool. We're in the middle of Unova week. That's the next thing we have to we have to address right now. Unova week, it it benefits include genesectin rates. There's some other stuff happening, but I'm really <laughs> That's only focused it, yeah. <laughs> on Genesect and Wraith. Now, there's some new Pokemon released. Emolga, Cotney. Who else? Who else is that again? And Sea Waddle. Little bug boy. I, I'm sorry. I'm just not. I'm more excited about Swadloon
1: than anything else. Yeah. Well, there's also Bufflant, but he doesn't count.
0: Yeah, I kind of pushed Bufflant out of my mind because I'm nowhere near New York. So
1: Yeah, I haven't seen a single Swaddle at all um, like I've, am i' nearby at all
0: i've played quite a bit this week i've only caught a handful like four or five that's, that's it. absurd i i mean you know they' they are rarer but i was expecting them to be kind of out in force so that's why putting the effort to, to get the candies early and up front you know mm-hmm. but i i understand either way so i'm just going to assume i was about to ask you how your you know the week went but you got your shiny you kind of dipped yeah, so I got that's a, <laughs> a that's a review in and of itself you know
1: i got the shiny Genesect. i got one emulga and i got like a couple of cottony and like i said i haven't seen a swaddle yet yeah yeah so
0: yeah i have been playing quite a bit this week but it is not due to the fact that it's unova week outside of the genesect raids i really didn't change my play
1: behavior i'll be honest too many starters from every time i opened my app it was just this i'm sorry the spawns were bad just around here
0: yeah i'm not too thrilled with having the, the starters either because they have such a low base catch rate that it makes my go plus use very very
1: uh inefficient (laughs) Uh, this is also like like the seventh time we've had them as event spawns i'm just kind of over it i would rather see other generation starters at this point that's how bad it is
0: if we can just get those community days out of the way that'd be great yeah Speaking of Community Days, wow, there's been such great transitions today. This is this is our next piece of news here. September and October Community Day voting candidates. Here's what Niantic put up on their post. Pokemon Go Community Day voting is back. From August 22nd to August 23rd, you'll be able to vote via Twitter for the Pokemon you'd like to to be featured the two pokemon that receive the most votes will go on to be featured during the next two community day events with the pokemon with the most votes featured in september and the runner-up in october you all know how this works this is our third go round of doing this now the candidates are charmander and when evolved into charizard will learn the special limited move dragon breath caterpie when evolved into butterfree will learn the special limited move hurricane grimer when evolved into Muck or Alolan Muk, Muck, will learn the limited availability move, Fire Punch. Uh, and just for further detail, so you can be an informed voter, Grimer, originally discovered in the Kanto region, will appear in the Wild and Hatch from Eggs, and Alolan Grimer will appear in Raid Battles. So both will be able to be targeted during that time. That's kind of nice. And then lastly, pulling up the rear, Porygon. When evolved all the way to a Porygon Z, we'll learn the special limited move, Try attack And we're going to come back to this topic in a future section of the show. So that's just the list. We'll get back into our opinions and stuff a little bit later. Although, you should vote for Caterpie. Okay, cool. Moving on.
1: Don't do that. Um, I already have a Rettipod.
0: But but the
1: Butterfree. That's okay, though. I'll, so, I'll stay with the Rettipod. Wait, hard stop. What if, Kyle?
0: What if they were like, actually... You can't don't evolve to Butterfree because you won't get the move. What if they gave Hurricane to Metapod? Would you be on board?
1: <laughs> Only if they introduced a baby cup, a baby league for go Oh Battle my god.
0: League. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine just like running into a, a Metapod and the wild just like summons a tornado and flies yeah. away? Just <laughs> Nat
1: CP 500. Let's go.
0: <laughs> Perfect. All right. Anyway, last piece of news here because we do have a bunch of interesting things to discuss later on the show. But, an open letter to Niantic and the PvP community Go Stadium put together an open letter, and it was penned and also uh, co-signed, rather, by a bunch of people in the battler sphere, the PvP sphere, and also other spheres. Ken from Lured Up is also listed as one of the signees on this list. And so I wanted to review the introduction to this open letter and then Niantic's response. The rest of the letter, other than this introduction is a bug list, essentially, of like, hey, these are bugs we've been talking about on Twitter. They're all consolidated. They're, everything is written extremely respectfully. You know, Let me just let the introduction speak for itself. We would like to begin by recognizing the strides made and thanking those who work extremely hard on the game, and specifically the player-versus-player player battle feature. You heard feedback with... Pre- You heard feedback with previous versions of the switching mechanic and made changes. Exploits in the game and leaderboard were met with an immediate response and takedown of Go Battle League until fixed. As an example, the ability to switch Pokemon during a charge move tie was most recently fixed, which we greatly appreciated. We want it clear that we truly appreciate the continued support of the feature both in-game and on social media through official channels and personal accounts. We see you sharing our excitement for our tournaments and celebrating our achievements and we want to continue to celebrate yours. So allow us to formally thank you for the feature and the work that you have put into it up until this point. Now, just for those of you at home, we talk about Sylph pretty frequently on this show because Sylph has been around in the competitive PvP sphere in a structured way uh, since just about the beginning. Um, it was being The infrastructure for Sylph was being built even before the PvP feature was live to a degree. So... That being said, Stadium is another group just like that, so if you're like, who are these people? Well, you should know who they are, but they're kind of just like that, so. The rest of the introduction reads, Following the timeline of updates and fixes, it would appear that some glitches are connected to the fixing of a previous one. For instance, a fix was recently implemented to stop switches during a charge-move tie, but with that update, switching in general has become much more difficult. As a group that includes developers of community tools, we understand that issues happen and an update at times has unintended consequences, but seeing how long they take to be officially acknowledged or resolved is disheartening. The goal of this message is to list the most important issues currently inhibiting competitive gameplay. Needless to say, this message is constructive in nature and we do not condone toxic behavior of any form directed towards the developers of our beloved game. Niantic's response on Twitter to this post was short and sweet. They said, thank you for your thoughtful and constructive feedback. We've looped in our developers to share a comprehensive update on what's being done to address the issues in Go Battle League. While this will take some time, we aim to have this update for you by the end of next week. So I'm interested in your thoughts about this, Kyle, because you're not somebody that's very plugged into the PvP sphere. So, I mean, you know through me because I tell you, boy, there's a lot of angry people in the (laughs) PvP sphere. Right? So now having read this kind of back and forth, this A to B and back to A conversation, how does this make you feel? If like you're just happening across this, you're like, oh, wow, what? (laughs)
1: Like, What does this look like to you? Well, as you said, I'm pretty much completely on the outside of this entirety. I, I keep up for the most part, but not with any of this. And so what I've seen of this letter is it's really well put together. And that's great because so much discussion you see online especially for video games is people just spewing things at each other this is broken this is ridiculous and then that's it nothing Mm -hmm. nothing of value is actually gained you can't really start a conversation or even acknowledge somebody in that capacity so this took a lot of work For them to put together and i definitely think it's appreciated
0: yeah definitely i mean speaking of work i wasn't i'm not going to read these out but just like two examples of the of the errors that they have it's basically like an extended bug report almost but desync and delay after charge moves for each of these things they have issue description notes about it status of it and examples with links of videos and stuff another one is charge moves not firing when button is released like this is very thorough incredibly thorough and well put together and respectful like you mentioned before i think that's the important part Mm -hmm. but yeah like this in direct contrast to people on twitter like you're saying that just curse niantic out saying your game is you know beeping broken fix it you beeps or whatever you know like that that's the sort of stuff that doesn't get a response and then this sort of letter that's constructed with respect and structure Mm -hmm. (laughs) does and and i think that's good
1: yeah and especially because it it leads to conversations that people they, people see these conversations about gameplay flaws and they wonder why Niantic doesn't respond. But if you're in Niantic's shoes and you see someone cussing out the current situation or just being incredibly toxic about it, even if they're right, you as a business entity can't just respond to that because then you are acknowledging that negative attitude and that's all you're going to get from now on.
0: Yeah, you're enabling that to continue in the future.
1: And so that's why, you know, peaceful discourse is is very important for opening conversations.
0: Right, right. Yeah, there was a couple of responses on Twitter already that I saw were like, so what you you respond to this letter, but you don't respond to our other tweets. Like, have you not been seeing our other feedback? But you know, the majority yeah. of that feedback that you see falls into that category you we were just describing. Yeah. And and if this letter was put together and Niantic ignored this, you would be even more upset because how dare they? Mm-hmm. So you know, it's kind of a lose lose situation for Niantic. So I think it's it's best to kind of appraise this from a distance so that's why i think your opinion is incredibly invaluable in this situation kyle like the respectful conversation back and forth even to an outside perspective is like oh this looks like it's progress Mm -hmm. that being said gbl has been broken for a long time
1: yeah i don't want to downplay the fact that it's really broken and niantic is definitely at fault like it's it is their fault yes
0: as much as we're like, don't be toxic. Y'all like, <laughs> can be angry. Yeah, that's that's yeah.
1: definitely. Niantic, you should be. fix your PvP for the love of God, though.
0: Right, for sure. But I think having the having the discourse is is a good spot for this to be right now. Um, And especially they said in their official response, we aim to have this update for you by the end of next week. So I'm interested to maybe have that in hand for next recording session. It'll be kind of interesting to kind of dig through. But Kyle and I talked about this for about 10 minutes prior to the show and we could talk about it for many hours.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: So I'm just going to go ahead and put this one to bed because we are going to revisit
1: it like in a week or so and move right along to gear up. So this week on Gear Up, we're taking a look at the unusual suspects that we have for this coming Community Day and the moves that they're getting. First up, the potential new shiny, Porygon Z is learning Tri-Attack. Unfortunately, there's not really much to say because we don't know the stats on Tri-Attack yet. It's a safe bet to assume it's going to be a charge move. But other than that, we really need to wait and see because Porygon Z and Porygon 2 have access to Lock-On. They're the two other Pokemon besides Registeel that can know it. So if Tri-Attack is good, Porygon-Z could see some use in Ultra and Master League. But Porygon-Z does not have the greatest stats.
0: So
1: (laughs) Tri-Attack is going to have to be good.
0: Yeah. You know what's interesting, though, about this? Uh, Well, I was researching for another section on the show. Don't want to spoil it, although I totally just gave it away uh the try attack option as a charge move will open it up to being a, a charge move that actually has stab for porygon z that isn't yep. stinking hyper beam. hyper beam
1: but now here's <laughs> yeah. the, here's the big one though in the research i was doing for this section i saw that porygon 2 is actually pretty good in pvp as well oh interesting okay. especially in ultra league the problem is community days only give the move to one pokemon try attack is a signature move for all three Porygons, as far as I know. So it will be very unfortunate if Porygon Z is the only one that gets access to it, but mm-hmm. I will not be surprised if that's the case.
0: I really hope they give it to Dojo That's all I want. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. No. It's not gonna happen. But if they did that, we would be like, why? Why did you bother? <laughs> <laughs> is here. Porygon- There's more of that. There's more of that ahead, but yeah.
1: <laughs> Next up, it's it's the poster child. It's the golden boy. It's it's Charizard. He's learning dragon breath or he Ooh. will learn dragon breath. That's a big deal. Dragon breath is really really good. It's like it's easily one of the best fast moves in PvP. You know, it's tied up there with lock on, so fast, great energy generation, and Charizard is already pretty good in all three leagues. He can be used in Great League. He's good in Ultra League is he's, he's not as great in Master League, but he can be used. One thing to note, though, before I, I give scenarios and simulations, Blast Burn is still a thing for Charizard. It's mm-hmm. still the charge move that you want on a PvP Charizard. And now there's potentially going to be a community day fast move that you want. So if he doesn't just learn both of these, When he evolves, which there's no way he's going to, it's not, it's not going to happen.
0: Well, they haven't given us a reason to, to, to think that
1: way. Let's just say that. Yeah. I, that was, that's personally my thought. There's no way it's going to happen maybe on December community day, but even then. Yeah. This will be messy if Charizard wins and let's face it. We haven't gotten through all this, but Charizard is going to win
0: yeah i i hate to admit it but i i would agree with that statement but one thing i would say is that if you're at home and you're still holding out hope that it might on the community day learn both dragon breath and blast burn it'll be a telltale sign because there's no way they won't tell us that it's going to happen yeah because this will be a sticking point for that day this will be a huge selling point to bring people out if it's going to learn both so if charizard wins I would look out for a clarifying post if it is going to happen. If they
1: don't say anything, I wouldn't expect it. That's all yeah. I'm going to say. If they don't say anything, assume it's only Dragon Breath. Right. Which, of course, means that this entire discussion is predicated on a potential Elite TM tax, which is a bit unfortunate. But the scenarios yeah. in Ultra League, current Charizard with Firespin, Dragon Claw, Blast Burn against the meta pokemon in 1v1 scenarios, 23 wins, 12 losses, one draw. That's pretty good. That's very good. <laughs> <laughs> Post community day. This is assuming both Dragon Breath and Blast Burn. 27 wins, 9 losses, zero draws. <sighs> that's a that's a record. Like that's really good. Oh wow, everybody's going to have that. Now, if you don't have the TM If you don't use an elite TM to keep both of the moves, whichever one you swap out, it becomes 18 wins, 18 losses, zero draws.
0: Wait, so let me clarify that. So the pre-community day. Yes. Has
1: blast burn? Yes, because you're not going to use a Charizard without blast burn in PvP right now. There's no reason it's bad. Like it's, it's bad.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Uh, Then post-CD implies it has Dragon Breath and Blast Burn?
1: Yes. And no TM is either of them? No no TM is if you only have Dragon Breath. If you you don't use anything and you only evolve the Charizard when this event happens, you only have Dragon Breath. So the moveset for 18 wins, 18 losses is Dragon Breath, Overheat, Dragon Claw. Overheat is not good. Let's put it plainly. That said, a lot of those losses can turn into wins if you bait appropriately with a dragon claw like a lot of them six of them i think so you decide but with Blastburn and dragon breath that is an incredible string of wins yeah that's nuts but there's one more so master league gonna talk about premier league because in actual master league charizard's not really worth talking about (laughs) you're not bringing charizard if it's not premier yeah yeah he he maxes out at like i don't know 2900 CP, something 27 CP, 2700 CP. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, it's no. just a like 27. <laughs> 27 CP. Hey, 27. that's like that's like uh, Ninja. I'm gonna hit
0: level three tomorrow, I
1: promise. <laughs> <laughs> but currently, if you have a blast burn Charizard, six wins, 17 losses, one draw. That's not good. <laughs> yeah, that's what we like to call awful. <laughs> but if you have both of these community day moves, dragon breath and blast burn. Seven wins, 16 losses, one draw. Well, that's That's also what we like to call (laughs) awful. Now, if you only have Dragon Breath and you're forced to use Overheat, one win and 23 losses. (laughs) That's um, that's a big yikes for Master (laughs) League.
0: Who the heck does it win against?
1: I I don't remember. I don't have the page open anymore.
0: Oh, no, that's fine. You don't have to dig that up. But But that's embarrassing for that Pokemon. (laughs)
1: Maybe, no. I was going to say it's Obama Snow, but I don't think that's the case. I think he actually loses without Fire Spin against Obama Snow. Oh boy. But hey, Ultra League, Dragon Breath Charizard, that's a big deal. I'm actually kind of excited about that. But moving on, because we do have two more choices. I know, I'm sorry. Muck is the next one. It's going to get Fire Punch. Long story short, Alolan Muck is actually really good in PvP, both great and Ultra League. He already has great usage. Regular Muck. Not good. It's not good. (laughs) Maybe in some sylph cups, but for this point of discussion, it's going to be Alolan Muck. Rainbow Muck. Rainbow Muck. In Great League, currently, Alolan Muck is 22 wins, 21 losses. Respectable. Mm -hmm. With Fire Punch, 20 wins, 23 losses. He does worse. It got worse? (laughs) It got worse. Wait, it's not supposed to get worse. And... I know you're probably saying, "Oh, well, wait!" But he has other moves. He could alternate which one he has. Fire punch. No, it doesn't matter. If he has, if he has dark pulse, fire punch, it's still twenty twenty three. If he has sludge wave, fire punch, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's still twenty twenty three. It's not good. Ultra league, though. Come on, ultra league's gotta gotta do something, right? Yes. Currently, nineteen wins, sixteen losses, one draw. That's okay. With fire punch. And Dark Pulse. This one this one actually does matter. Twenty wins, sixteen losses, zero draws. Yeah, yeah So you know, he he gains he, he turns that draw into a win. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Alchemy. At
0: um, its finest.
1: But fire punch and gunk shot, which is the poison move that people use in Ultra League, apparently, instead of Sludge Wave, you know, take your pick, apparently. Eighteen wins, seventeen losses, one draw. Turns a win into a loss
0: worse again
1: okay so this is not this is not good it's not good for muck if grimer wins don't evolve a muck on community day but like what about in raids
0: i mean no (laughs) I no, mean, nobody's bringing no, muck to rape. No, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I think when they had, when they had outlined it in the article, they said something about it gives it answers to to steal counters to it, mm, which makes yeah. sense. Sure, sure. But in that particular situation, it ain't gonna win you the matchup. It just gives you an option.
1: Yep. Yeah. And of course, it is worth mentioning real quick. These are all one v one scenarios. It's no previous energy no previous hp from the previous fights a lot of things a lot of determining factors actually go into pvp this is just a good basis for looking at how a pokemon does i wanted to talk because we didn't talk about it in the section about it in news but alolan muck only in raids alolan grimer only in raids right yeah that's gated behind raids that's That's not even frustrating to me as it gated behind raids. It's frustrating to me because you can't get good PvP IVs behind raids. Yeah,
0: that is very frustrating. Um, And and also Alolan Grimer up until that point is largely just out of 7k eggs. So that also has an IV floor.
1: Yeah. So like, would it really be the end of the world if Grimer and Alolan Grimer were spawning equally in the wild for a community day? We've had Alolan Grimer in the wild for
0: events before.
1: Yeah, it was just like GoFest. Yeah, yeah, it was like GoFest
0: Go during the battle hour.
1: Yeah, it's so like,
0: would it be the end of the world? I, I don't I, think so.
1: If Grimer were to somehow win, that would be the real sticking point for me, because I don't really care about regular Grimer.
0: See, but here's the thing. I think they knew what they were doing. They're like, OK, we'll put regular Grimer in the wild and in eggs and we'll put a low Grimer in rates. Right. And then somebody at the board meeting was like, oh, dude, that's not cool. They, they raise your your point. Right. And the response is, that's fine. We'll just give it an awful move.
1: Yeah, that way no one's going to vote for it. There we go. Done, so. See?
0: Crack the code.
1: Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. There is one more Pokemon. Yeah, there is. I know you guys thought you guys thought I'd forgotten about it. It's Butterfree with Hurricane. Yeah, buddy. Um, that, I'm not going to say anything else about it. It's bad. <sighs> Butterfree is really bad in general PvP. I bet you in some Sylph Cup like bug tournaments, Butterfree with Hurricane is actually pretty all right, but it makes
0: it better than other bug Pokemon and makes it better than fighting Pokemon in some some situations as well.
1: Yeah, but again, it requires the strict rules of a Sylph Cup to be beneficial. Yeah, in Great League, Hurricane doesn't do anything. It doesn't swing any matchups that you are likely to encounter. Don't use butterfree.
0: But see, here's the thing: is yeah. that the benefit of the community on for, for Caterpie Day. Let's just say, allegedly, that well, let's just entertain the idea that maybe Caterpie wins. The benefit is not Hurricane. The benefit is all of the Caterpie.
1: This is true. I mm-hmm. would rather have shiny Caterpie than more shiny Charmander.
0: I would rather have shiny Caterpie than Grimer in general.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I, I can't yeah. blame that, but. Yeah. So, (laughs) in case you can't tell, there's not quite a clear winner here, as there is clear losers. (laughs) Grimer and Caterpie are the clear losers in terms of effectiveness. The jury's out on Porygon. Porygon could be amazing, but we have to wait and see. And then Charizard is good. Charizard's always just good. Yeah. So, it's going to be great in Ultra League with this, but expensive.
0: Yeah, you know, what's it's really great because I think this is a great predictor of the way people are going to vote because, you know, in these Twitter polls, yeah. everybody that votes puts the time into research and see how relevant these moves are going to be. And so I think they're going to vote with this. No, people are going to vote for their heart, man.
1: Caterpie still got a chance, dude. No, Caterpie still got a chance. Caterpie has no chance purely on two factors. One, Porygon is a new shiny. The fact that true Weedle was able to beat Ghastly because it was a new shiny. It says all you need to know about how Pokemon Go players are going to vote.
0: Right, but there's only one of the slots. What about the other
1: one? Charizard is. I don't want to talk about
0: Charizard. Popular. Don't no,
1: don't do. I know he's too popular. He's the most popular Pokemon. He is number one.
0: Butterfree can be popular too if they gave it a scarf and it was pink.
1: I mean, they they gave it a gigantamax where it's real pretty but yeah it is The gigantamax is awesome but but so who are you voting for chris
0: oh caterpies i mean my my one vote i'm also really nervous for how the community is going to react if we don't get dragon breath and blast burn on that community day <laughs> uh so i'd rather oh, avoid it the,
1: the colossal <laughs> salt will be just, yeah. i will feast i will feast on it i'll be one of the upset ones but i know i know it's not gonna happen what are you voting for I'm going to vote for Porygon because it's so yeah. really shiny. I mean, I don't really care about the other one. Like Grimer. <laughs> I'm not going to vote for Grimer, but.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, we can't. We only get one vote. We're just saying our one or two picks.
1: Yeah, yeah. no, I, it, it's Charizard, Charmander, because mm-hmm. Dragon Breath is good. I have an Ultra League Charizard that I actually use. So if we got another Charmander day and I could get one with actual good PvP IVs, mm-hmm. I'd consider investing an Elite TM into that.
0: Yeah, so. if if I had to do that, that's uh, if I would finally have a good excuse to use one in a way that I can justify if anybody asks without any questions. Yeah, so I would definitely be first in line to do that as well. But he's number three in my list, so
1: whatever. It, I mean, it doesn't matter. He's gonna he's gonna win.
0: I know, I know, <laughs> <We> know <laughs> I this. know. I'm sorry. Everybody okay, okay. I'm just upset. saying. When you see this poll finalized, and you're like, it's you know Charmander, Porygon grimer and then it's a like caterpillar with like one vote you know who that vote was <laughs> you know remember the name let's go right into the poke lore and learn more about the porygon porygon 2 and porygon z family they are the virtual pokemon starting off with porygon porygon is a pokemon made in completely out of programming code it is arguably the first artificial Pokemon. It has a pink polyhedral body with a blue front, blue triangular prism feet, and a blue rectangular prism tail. It has a pink polyhedral head that ends in a blue beak and is hexagonal. Hexagonal? Hexagonal?
1: Hexagonal is how I say it, hmm.
0: at least. Yeah. His eyes
1: are hexagons.
0: In 3D games such as Pokemon Stadium, it can detach its limbs and head from its torso. It's frightening. According to its Pokedex entries, it has copy protection built into its code, prevents duplication <laughs> through electronic means. It was created 20 years ago at the Pokemon Lab in Cinnabar Island using the latest state-of-the-art technology of its time. So many of its parts have become since obsolete. Due to its man-made origins, Porygon does not need to breathe or eat, though it can still accept food if given. Because well, that would break the mechanics of several parts of these games. I understand. It has the ability to convert its body into digital data, allowing it to travel through cyberspace. We did really not. Is- yes, <laughs> it has to. It can actually speak, though. That'd be great. Recently, it has become more helpful inside cyberspace searching for any suspicious data that exists. Some believed Porygon has the power to potentially travel in space despite the species not displaying that ability yet. Porygon has two signature moves, Conversion and Conversion 2, neither of which are triattack, attack I'm sorry, Kyle. And in the past, it has also had Sharpen for a signature move that's also not Tri-Attack. was, was Sharpen? Wasn't that a status move?
1: Yeah, that increases speed? Attack? attack. Speed? i don't remember <laughs> i, don't, I don't, don't remember i yeah, have already been over this i didn't use i didn't use uh status moves
0: right if you're <laughs> using porygon and using sharpen i don't know you deserve to know what it does i guess because none of us use it we don't oh know yeah yeah
1: again, again. <laughs> raises the user's attack the edges of the pokemon are made harder for more impact oh <laughs> cool cool okay it's, that flavor <laughs> attacks is is pretty good it's just it's, you're sharpening a photo it's funny
0: that's hilarious, yeah. Um, I, this it's not sharpening its beak? No. Okay, I see. It can use conversion to change its appearance to mimic another Pokemon's, and has also demonstrated the ability to change color for camouflage, because this is man-made, it is generally found in computers or in labs and other buildings where people work. I'm going to pass this over to Kyle for Porygon too, because wowza, Porygon was a mouthful.
1: Porygon 2 is a rounded, pink digital Pokemon that shows similarities to a drinking bird. It has a relatively flat bill and large round eyes. Its legs are simple ovoid growths along its sides, and its tail widens toward the middle. Its bill, legs, tail, and underside are blue. Porygon 2's evolution from Porygon was a result of it being upgraded from the most cutting edge technology available. It's why it uses an upgrade
0: oh (laughs) oh and not a king's rock right yeah exactly
1: it was upgraded to work in space for planetary development reasons although its inability to fly limits its ability (laughs) yeah i wonder i wonder if that might be a problem okay okay hang on okay i'll continue it is artificially intelligent and capable of learning new behaviors on its own except for flying (laughs) except for flying (laughs) but including information it doesn't need to know Oh, just like me it can also speak a strange language only other porygon 2 can understand just like every other pokemon congratulations (laughs) they're just redditors that's what they are as a result it will sometimes perform motions or abilities that are not in its programming it is generally found in computers or in labs and other buildings working with people it can survive in a space vacuum, though cannot move very well in zero gravity. Bummer. Porygon 2 and its evolutionary family, Porygon and Porygon Z, are the only known Pokemon that can learn conversion and conversion 2.
0: You know, Kyle, I have to make an admission really quick before I move on to Porygon Z. I've yeah. never used a Porygon in any game in no. any
1: capacity. I mean, that's not surprising. The only way to get it in the first game was from the the casino, right? Yes. And that's yes. just too much work for a kid.
0: Yeah, so but even like when it was Pokemon Stadium and you can use Rental Pokemon, I don't think it ever crossed my mind like oh, I'd no. really love to use Porygon.
1: That's because when you're a kid <laughs> you just wanna use you just wanna use like the coolest stuff and that, that dude made out of square blocks is not cool.
0: That's true. I will say though, uh your your theory comes up short because I had gerbils as a child and so I loved having Radicate on my team. Oh, okay. Yep. Anyway, Porygon Z, although technically a virtual man-made Pokemon, Porygon Z does have a physical body. Its head is fuchsia and ovoid in shape with a short, blunt antenna protruding upwards and a blue bill similar to that of a duck. Its eyes are similar and have black rings similar to a bull's eye. The head is completely detached from the body and floats slightly above it. Its smooth ovoid body is fuchsia with a blue ring connecting its arms. Two arms are loosely connected to its upper body and other than their blue color, have no features. The tail is also blue and featureless, but slightly resembles a paddle. Porygon-Z was given additional software in order to increase its abilities. The initial idea was to give it the ability to travel through alien dimensions though it did not work as planned. Instead, the Pokemon began showing highly erratic, and unstable behavior and twitchy movements, making it difficult to work with for research. As a result, it is believed the experiment for creating Porygon-Z was a failure. This has been attributed to the incompetence of the engineer who faultily updated its programming. <laughs> some academics debate whether Porygon-Z is really an evolution or not from Porygon-2. Well, I'm here to tell you, I believe whatever the Pokedex tells me. And it says it's the, it's the evolution to Porygon-2. So, some stats for Porygon-Z. Max CP of 3266. Holy wowza. That's actually pretty, That's good. pretty good. It's, pretty it's a good. normal type monotype, by the way, yeah. just a reason. Aware, yeah. Yeah. Holy Attack Batman with 264 attack. That's a lot. Yeah, it puts it up there. It's in the double digits of ranking, by the way. It's like 73 or something like that. A middling defense of 150 and a patently okay stamina of 198. Best moveset is kind of up in the air. The moveset for Porygon Z is very strange, and it's going to be even more strange or stranger when we have tri-attack thrown into the mix. But as of right now... Since we don't know whether or not Tri-Attack will be a quick or a charged move, let's just pretend it doesn't exist, because obviously it'll just be the better option. I say that, but Fire Punch and Muck was also a thing, so hmm, maybe not. Anyway, best moveset right now is Charge Beam and Solar Beam, or for the other charged moves, you could have Zap Cannon or even Blizzard for some specialist options.
1: If you're doing PvP, though, I'm pretty sure you want Lock-On as your fast move.
0: Yeah, it wasn't even mentioned on the sheet... That I was looking at before. Interesting. But let me see. Hang on. Okay, so it didn't show up, but lock on would be there and it would get you the stab as well. The only other way to get stab currently on a fast move on Porygon Z, which is hilarious. You have to get a normal type hidden power.
1: (laughs) 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 So Um, that's not being mentioned uh, either. So that's (laughs) that's awful. But it is worth mentioning. The Pokedex does not mention it. But Porygon, Porygon 2, and Porygon Z can all learn Tri-Attack in the main series games. Yes, they can. Mm -hmm. Fingers crossed for Porygon 2 at the very least.
0: And I'm pretty sure the only other Pokemon that was able to learn Tri-Attack with Porygon in Gen 1 was Dodrio. Nobody else,
1: right? In Gen 1, you are correct. But from Gen 2 onward, they added quite a few.
0: Yes. Well, of course, you know. But, yeah, it's always interesting to see, like, the one or two Pokemon in, like, one or two generations. that's all, like, they're the only people that had it. And then it's like, oh, everybody's got it later on. Like, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Triatech is an interesting move. But but there's the Porygon family. So I'm not going to give you a list of whether or not you should or shouldn't use them. Kyle just gave you some PvP stats for Porygon Z. And I mean it was pretty obvious. Triatech could be very good or it could be just fine. So we'll have to look forward to that in the future. But for now, why don't we move into the
1: PokePole? Last week's question was, what strategy do you use when cleaning out your Pokemon storage? What do you keep and what do you transfer to Professor Willow? First one's from Jackson. He said, my answer to the PokePole takes quite a long time to complete. I have to do it quite often because I only have 300 storage. Oh, man. All right. The process I go through is I type in every letter of the alphabet and transfer the lowest CP Pokemon that I know I have. For example, if I have three Pitovs. One with 489 CP, one with 102 CP, and one with 218, I will transfer the lower CP. All right. That's a process.
0: That's a good strategy, yeah. Especially if you have low storage, I guess it's what you got to do. hmm Ash Ketchup said, from a casual player slash non pp or I keep one of each for the living decks and search for four star, which is perfect. By the way, if you put four asterisk into your search bar, it will return all 100% IV Pokemon. hmm everything that isn't four star and i have double of i transfer except for special regionals i got at their spawn locations i appreciate that as a fellow living dexter by the way
1: (laughs) (laughs) next one's from benji and they said first check is always how many stars it has if it's not 90 or higher or good for pvp it's out of here second check is do i have a stronger one already if it's a duplicate out of here I get rid of Pokemon that I never use in raids or battles. It's just wasted space. Uh, I wish I could get myself to get rid of Pokemon that I just don't use. Meanwhile, I have like 26 hat Pikachu, Pichu and Raichu combinations.
0: Ooh, I'm a... Wait, wait. Is that total of all the hats
1: or is that in a particular version? No, like of like each individual hat. I only keep one unless I evolved one for whatever reason. Okay. Or I caught the Pichu of it.
0: I have told myself it's okay to only have three of each
1: <laughs> three of each
0: each. <laughs> well, one to have one to maybe use for pvp if i want to be cheeky and one to trade you know but if i trade it then i won't have a third one oh no oh no Kyle.
1: yeah see look at this so i currently only have 33 pikachu so <laughs> you only have 33 pikachu i only have 33 I'm, pikachu i'm scared to look should i look
0: you just typed in pikachu and it's the whatever number you
1: got back right yeah this i just typed in pika but same thing I've got 50. Yeah. Okay. I have seven Pichu. One of them shiny. So, you know, it's okay.
0: 24 Pichu.
1: Oof. I kept one of each hat Pichu (laughs) that I had.
0: 15 Raichu. Ooh. All right. Well, now that I'm sad with my current state of storage, let's move on to the next response. Mitch said, the next one's from Mitch. He said, I go through these steps. Sentimental value, i.e. caught in a cool location or funny story, etc. Game value, PvP or raid relevance no more than 3 of any one pokemon with a few exceptions i'm normally at like 2000 out of 3000 storage nowadays
1: hey that's, that's not good. bad that's yeah. not bad
0: i you know if anybody ever tells you that you can't make some decisions based on sentiments of value just don't even talk to them anymore <laughs> yep i need these 30 weedle it's they're for me oh
1: man <laughs> i'm telling you before next community day i'm going to just yeet like 20 we- 20 shiny weedle into the grinder
0: we got to do another shiny ghastly for wheedle trade especially no. now that we're
1: lucky friends excuse me that lucky trade is going to be for shiny gibble for shiny gibble
0: oh that's right i forgot okay well we'll have to get lucky again so make sure that you save a save a couple save a okay, couple okay. i have 42 man you're running out
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyways next one was from cameron she said i use the screen recording feature on PokéGenie." Before I knew what that was, I was taking hundreds of screenshots at a time. Weedle Community Day was the last time I did that. It's definitely worth the $5. Mm -hmm. I usually have the potentially good ones starred if I check as I catch. If their PvP IV is 98 to 100% and somewhat relevant, I save it. And if the regular IVs are above 90%, I mark it for potential future raid counters. Sometimes I save for trades if I need a certain CP for my CP counting also i never ever transfer wild catches with 69 or 420 cp funny and original i know
0: if that's your thing that's your thing and hey, that's, that's hilarious
1: th- that's your thing you, yeah. your inventory will be full f- soon enough and then you'll have to make the hard decisions
0: true true this next one's from paul i just transferred anything that i don't use in raids ppp or isn't the shiny and i cried all the time while doing it <laughs> there were mods in my box that i've literally had longer than my two kids oh boy (laughs) oh no paul i'm sorry oh i feel your pain man
1: i can relate i think i have an area dose that is from when gen 2 came out and it's my oldest pokemon it's just like it's my only area dose so i don't have to transfer it because i'm keeping it for the pokedex but sentimental value you know
0: i understand i do that's pretty much all of my catches except for not at all because this, this is just a mechanical functional living decks thing <laughs> i told you that story about the shiny genesex at the top of the show
1: yeah no man i don't have a heart in my chest no way <laughs> next one's from fish on a heater and he said i keep at least one of everything at the highest stat product i've got you never know when a new Arena meta is going to come out and suddenly make a Pokemon relevant. When Ferocious Cup happened and Bibberol was the flavor of the month, I already had a rank eight ready to power up.
0: <laughs> I think that was Hunt a great Corona. moment. You're like, I knew it.
1: <laughs> I, that reminds me at GoFest, I think. We were talking with Legendary Moo about PVP and PVP IVs, and he's like, yeah, no, I used this 0% that I had just sitting here because it was the only one I had for this Tournament and you were like, "Did it work?" And he's like, "It did the job." <laughs> so
0: yeah, I think the the conclusion to that conversation was
1: PvP IVs don't mean anything if you're getting hard countered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to finish off the PokePo though, same with Honchro, which is now the top Pokemon for this month's Sinister Cup. If a future Cup makes Pelipper relevant, I've already got a rank two of that ready to go to. Oh nice, gosh. I respect that, but also no. <laughs> I, I would I would go crazy.
0: I mean weather ball pelipper might be. It has the potential to to be strong depending. Yeah. But it has just as much of a chance of being strong as Hurricane Butterfree has to be strong. So <laughs> Anyway, the last one is from Lady Goobly Meat. I basically collect one of each, then replacing the last evolution in the line with a Lucky, working on Lucky decks. Oh, I like that. The transfer and replace is nice. Shinies are kept, all CP666 and CP1337, latter one being a running gag where everyone gets named a variation with the name Gens in it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I keep four star. The rest usually gets binned unless it has a clear use case. Then there are the odd ends, like the slew of Pokemon I caught in Paris, all named Le Pokemon name, (laughs) except the shiny Minum, aptly named Ratatouille. Oh, I love it. Oh, my gosh. You can say my collection is like my ADHD brain, fragmented and only understandable to me. Most important is no shinies left behind. Never deleted one. Hopefully never will. So please stop with the six hour community days. Don't need 30 plus Weedle or (laughs) ghastly.
1: But what about 30? shiny Porygon.
0: what about 37 shiny magic art?
1: absolutely not oh my gosh speaking of no shinies left behind i've also never transferred a shiny but i am very close to doing it i'm not gonna lie
0: <laughs> yeah i'm getting kind of close Yeah, these these like overload community days were cute at first and now it's starting to become a crisis <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah like it's it's i can't please i can't handle 40 shinies on a community day it's just too many it hurts to transfer them though
0: it's tough. But I, I'll say this though. It is so fun catching
1: forty shinies. Yeah, yeah. As long as they're not shiny magic carp. Well, teach their own. So this week's Poke Poll is how do you think Niantic should leverage rarity in regards to Pokemon availability or limited availability moves? See what I did there? This is what I was talking about earlier. Ooh. Well, where do you, where do you weigh in, Chris? Or how do you weigh in, I suppose. You know that actually how do you weigh
0: in as in trying to get my opinion personally, but also I think the greater question is how do you really weigh in on this sort of thing? Right? Because mm-hmm. this is pretty subjective. Yeah. I mean, you could, you could make an argument that rarity needs to be a particular way so that they can gauge interest and all that sort of stuff. But there's, they have a couple of different ways of doing that. I think the earliest strategy that we had all sussed out was like, that might be problematic in the future was the community days. And they were like, they set a precedent that it was going to be a new shiny, right? Right. They were going to get a move. That was a new thing later on. But Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And that has since changed because of it. So I think that the conversation about rarity is a lot more liquid than people might think it might be, which is why I think it's an interesting question. So personally, then, to answer the actual question you asked me of how do I personally weigh in, I think that rarity should be leveraged as a way to gauge attention and engagement. It shouldn't be a carrot on a stick monetarily for people. I think that's where I kind of draw the line. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that feels pay to win.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely fall in a similar category. I like rare stuff. Like, that's good. It should exist for sure. The problem comes with when you determine how rare something gets to be. And also the way to find rare things in Pokemon Go. You have three ways, pretty much. Four, technically. You find it in the wild. You hatch in an egg. You do it in a raid. Or you do a special research. Or a field research. Mm -hmm. Doing it in a raid, it doesn't feel good when it's rare because that just means you're hunting for the raid in order to have the guarantee to get it, as we saw with Unknown. But in the wild, you then have a dino situation where you don't actually have a good way of finding it because the in-game tracker doesn't actually let you track anything.
0: Right. And also that gives an unfair advantage to the spoofing community.
1: Yeah. It's tough, I think, in terms of that department i don't think anything should ever be as rare as even shiny dino was but forget that let's go farther back as rare as release gibble was from Eggs.
0: Hmm. oh yeah because that was even rarer than riolu which before that was the yeah uh, was, was the that. case study for this
1: yeah and so i think rarity is good as a carrot on a stick like that it's a good motivator as yeah. long as the reward is still there
0: Right, yeah, so i th- I think rarity is here i'm gonna I'm gonna reassess what I said before now that you kind of helped me inform what I was saying. I think that rarity is fine, but the opportunity needs to be fair across the board
1: yeah that's that's a, a good way of putting it to just as long as you chase the carrot, you should be able to get it. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't just be putting you on a treadmill because nobody likes that, nobody's enjoying that kind of time. well, I mean, Pokemon
0: go would like to literally get you on a treadmill,
1: but but like that's that's okay if you want to to move i know what you mean but still yeah (laughs) where also there's a part of this question that we sort of glanced over limited availability moves i think they're bad just in general i don't really have any other thing to say elite tms didn't solve that for you no it made it worse Hmm. i don't think it made it
0: worse i just don't think i don't think it made it worse i don't think it solved anything though i think it just
1: kind of helped a little bit well okay so when i say made it worse The way I see it is that now that this solution exists, Niantic can keep adding these moves that potentially are incredibly strong. And the response would be just elite TM it, bro. You know, Mm -hmm. now everyone who is having a discussion online has that termination at the end of their discussion because it exists.
0: That's true. I I do not like the way it kind of neuters the conversation or – neuters the ability to be searching for an actual solution to, the to be critical
1: it it gets rid of the ability to be critical sometimes
0: yeah i mean also the uh, the other solution is to just make it so that limited availability moves aren't meta like fire punch on muck if they were all that caliber, which is kind of like in some situations it's okay in other situations is a little bit worse but in most situations it doesn't make a world of difference it's just situational enjoyment for strategy right i feel like that's
1: fine, but also that's not going to get people out to your event. Exactly. It's not going to get people to play. If it's not right. even relevant, like if it's not even a side grade, no one's going to want it. No one's going to want to play and chase that. unless it's an appealing Pokemon itself.
0: Do you think they could get away with like, okay, yes, that move is now in the pool and you can TM it on any Pokemon using a regular TM, but it's going to be guaranteed during this window and introduced on, with this event in the first
1: place? So it would say people TMs. That'd be fine. Yeah. Or like even this community day, they will be able to learn this move. Three months from now, all Charizard can learn Dragon Breath. I don't care. Yeah. Like sure, give that limited availability to people who can go out and play if that's what they want to do. But I'm just I'm tired of the limited a pool of moves.
0: I, I wish First. Professor Willow was more Pokemon Professor like than we see in in these other games. Instead of just like being reactionary, I'd like to see him be more proactive to kind of go along with what you were just saying. Like let's just say after Charmander community, the original one, right? Like, oh, he was like, hey, look, okay, this is this is kind of antiquated now because we didn't used to get research events with these communities, but now we kind of are. He could be in there and be like, hey, like I noticed that Charmander's when he evolved to Charizard gets this special move. That's incredible. And then mm-hmm. like later on, we get some sort of blog post. It's like Professor Willow has been studying this Charizard from this event a long time ago and is proud to say he's figured this out. And now it's available in the move pool at large or whatever. Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now that we're talking about it, I'm a little bit frustrated by it, too, man. <laughs> like it would It would make a great cycle in that every three months, Professor Willow has a breakthrough and he's like we've figured out what is allowing these pokemon to learn their moves and now they can always learn them or something like that yeah so
0: i'd be into that a lot i think it's great strong for them narratively though too
1: mm-hmm. but
0: anyway dear listener if you have any answer to the question How do you think Niantic should leverage rarity in regards to Pokemon availability or limited availability moves? You can respond to the question when we post it on social, such as Facebook or Twitter. Or if you're a patron in the Discord, when we post it there as well. You can also send us a voicemail to 262-586-7717. Or you can send us an email the old-fashioned way through the interwebs. Hopefully a Porygon does not intercept it. To mail at gocastpodcast.com. Dot com, and speaking of emails, 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 <laughs> and a voicemail, Kyle,
1: and a
2: voicemail,
0: and as always, we'll lead with the voicemail.
2: Hey, Chris and Kyle, uh, it is Zoe Two Dots of the uh, Zoe Two Dots on YouTube and stuff. <laughs> just wanted to uh, kind of like call in and give some extra feedback on a listener comment that you guys got a few weeks ago from Cameron talking about uh, managing, you know, Pokemon Go uh, and, you know, balancing that with real life and with ADD. So um, I don't know how many people know this or all that kind of jazz, but um, I am someone as well who deals with or has uh, ADHD. In Australia, um, ADD and ADHD are both combined under the same umbrella. So what I'm like the tips I have, I guess, include Cameron as well. The H uh, in ADHD is for the hyper bit of it. And that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, running around the classroom like that one kid in school. It's more that your brain is either hyper-focused or hyper-inattentive at focusing on things. So that can be something like Pokemon Go. Something that you find really, really enjoyable is something that's really, really easy to focus on. And then the messy room, it's, it's less enjoyable. It is hard to focus on that. And that's what makes it so easy to push aside those basic tasks and go, I might just keep like you know just keep sitting here organizing my Pokemon storage. Now, the first thing was that um, Cameron mentioned that, you know, with the whole global pandemic, a lot has changed in our schedules. And the biggest thing for people with ADHD is schedules. For me, it was so easy being at school because, you know, that bell goes off, you go to class, the teacher tells you what to do, your parents are your boss sort of thing. Um, once you're becoming more of an adult and things like that, you are your own boss and that becomes a bit harder. So with everything that's a bit weird in the world right now, um, It is going to be harder. That's basically it. It's full stop. Things are different. We're going to have to learn new schedules, learn new routines, and that is hard and it does take time. So don't be too hard on yourself, Cameron, because that is just a fact. Um, We shouldn't use it as an excuse to not get stuff done, but it is something that we need to be aware of to work with and not let it stop us from being, you know, effective little members of society. I can totally relate as well with the organizing storage stuff. I can sit there and just manage my storage for hours and hours at a time. Um, One little tip possibly for you would be to, or for anyone listening, um, would be to using Pokemon Go as a reward for getting the task done. So say, for example, um, cleaning the room first and then Pokemon Go is the reward for getting that task done. You know, having Pokemon be behind that, you know, that, that blocked reward. Again, this is hard if you're managing it yourself, but... If you're able to be consistent with it and say, no, I'm not going to be touching my phone until I get, you know, even if it's one task, even if you have a whole list of things, but you just need to get one thing checked off and then you get that little reward, you've you've checked something off the list. Um, additionally, I would say a big thing is accountability. Um, that's again really, really hard if you're the one being accountable to yourself. Um, say, for example, you know, when you go to work, you're accountable to your boss. If you don't show up to work, there's going to be big trouble. When it's your own room, though, you are the boss. So um, I was actually thinking because this podcast is quite great for setting goals every week. Potentially something that you can do is to set a goal with the podcast. So say when you sit down to listen um, and Chris and Kyle are setting their weekly goals, even though these goals are Pokemon Go goals, maybe you can set your Pokemon goals at the same time, but also your goals for the week might be to do the laundry, clean the bedroom, clean the kitchen. And then at the next week's podcast, make sure that you've ticked off those things as well um, and kind of like have the podcast be your accountability buddy, your accountability buddy. (laughs) And so that you know you've got that schedule and you've got that deadline to have these things done for as well. Uh, And lastly, I'd be saying set timers and alarms. A big thing for me I've been using a lot lately has been just setting alarms and timers on my phone. Um, You know, for Comm Day and stuff, I'll set off a timer to go off every hour or 30 minutes or whatever for stacking Stardust because I don't like putting them all at once sometimes. Or if I'm, you know, wanting to not get too too distracted, if I'm doing tidying and organizing or playing and rating, whatever it might be, set a one hour timer, a thirty minute timer, whatever it is. Um, make it a really loud, obnoxious alarm tone, uh, and then you know, once that alarm goes off, that's that's it. That's the deadline. You know, transfer that last Pokemon, um, and kind of try as best we can to stick to it. It is hard, and this isn't going to be you know, one and done by next week. Um, and these are things that we build up over time. But yeah, you got this. I believe in you. If anyone else has other cool tips as well, I'm sure uh, they would be most welcome.
0: Well, thanks, Zoe. I, I had no idea. Zoe's got it together. She really does. Yeah. <laughs> so she her her strategies and her advice, I think, is probably the way to go. I would, I would definitely follow that advice. I struggle to keep schedules and stuff like that. The idea of using timers is something I should probably start integrating <laughs> yeah. into my life as well.
1: I, I will Next. say that Zoe put it very well. I agree on... Pretty much all of the points she raised, and it's—I do a lot of those things myself. I'm just wasn't even thinking when I do some of them, like mm-hmm. to share that advice with other people. The timers, though, I could probably use that structure. I'm—I'm I'm not gonna lie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> true, true. But you and I are kind of night owls, so we might yeah. have to just maybe keep an earbud in or something. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But anyway, thank you so much for the voicemail, Zoe, and I'm sure this will be helpful to not only Cameron, but other listeners as well. So on to the emails. Our first email is from Jackson. Hello, Kyle and Chris. Things I have learned about Pokemon Go that you might not know while my mind is decaying and quarantine. Buddy, I feel you there. Did you know that you can tell the Rocket Grunt's Pokemon type depending on what they say? For example, if they have ghost types, they say, (laughs) and that's it. See you later. Jackson. Jackson, I did know that. Kyle, did you know that? Yes. Okay. But I bet there are plenty of people that didn't know that. Yeah, they have key phrases. Some of them are pretty obvious. Like the yeah. fire one is do you know how hot fire breath po- the Pokemon the fire breath of Pokemon, fire Pokemon be something like that? And I think the water one is these waters are treacherous. They have stuff like that.
1: Yeah, and it's like prepare to be entangled for grass type.
0: Yeah. I mean, or, or don't don't tangle with us. Yeah. Uh, So there's a lot of really interesting phrases that they say. But if you learn them all, they will inform you of their their team. So you won't have to guess blindly.
1: There's a nice little tip from Jackson. Thanks, Jackson. Next emails from Danny. And they said, hi, Mr. Chris and Mr. Kyle. Just wanted to drop you a message to say that I was listening to your latest podcast at the beginning of GoFest Makeup Hour. You read my email a couple of podcasts ago where I said I'd lost a shiny Marowak and unknown to bad go plus play. I remember. Ooh, yeah, that's right. Well, praise be to server issues and a second chance as I've just caught a shiny Marowak. Now I hunt for the shiny G. Well, congratulations on getting a shiny Marowak back.
0: Yes, congratulations. That, <laughs> see, that's a big loss and that makes it an even bigger win yeah, yep, <laughs> when you sure. got it back. That's awesome. This next one is from Mitch. Hello, hosts of the GoCast podcast, known respectively and in no particular order, Chris and Kyle.
1: That was a particular order.
0: Hi, I'm Chris. <laughs> I write you this week from my cramped single dorm at the University of New Mexico. The past few weeks have certainly been interesting for me in respects to Pogo. I got to largely take a break from the game during our gargantuan camping trip. and Me and my friends have been planning for a while. It was hugely necessary. The one downside I can think of is that I had to miss the best community in Pokemon Go history, the carpening. <laughs> love it. I certainly will go hard this December when the king returns to his throne. I love this email. <laughs> I had exceptional luck in the time between emails with you guys. I managed to procure Shiny Dratini from a 7k egg, Shiny Shadow Pineco, Shiny Rayquaza, two Shiny Staryu, I'm jelly. Shiny Deoxys, Shiny Scyther and Shiny Genesect First Raid Baby.
1: You know, for somebody who was out camping for the entirety of (laughs) all three of these events, you managed two of the event shinies and all three of the raid shinies.
0: I'm pretty sure I raided, I'm pretty sure that I did at least two remote raids with Mitch while he was (laughs) quote-unquote camping. Uh Mm -hmm. uh Anyway, this is in addition to the 10 shinies I squeezed out of the GoFest makeup event earlier today. The most notable moment from that event was getting two shiny Phoebus back-to-back and promptly emitting a groan that perhaps rivals the likes of Kyle's.
1: Yeah, that's (laughs) unfortunate, but still 10 shinies.
0: Back-to-back Phoebus just feels awful in a very special way. Uh, You're gonna remember that forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for fear of writing too long of an email, here are some goals I have for myself: Shiny Rock and Rolla, best buddy 100% Rayquaza, Max Kyogre to go with my Max Groudon in anticipation of Primal forms, and most importantly, learn something. He's at college. Yeah, a good <laughs> idea. From Mitch, shiny vibes all. Thanks, Mitch. Yeah,
1: all right. that's some
0: impressive that's... play or impressive luck, one of the two,
1: no, or both.
0: Yeah, hey, there you go. Can't can't take that off the table now.
1: Next one's from Justin. They said, Hi, Kyle and Chris. Oh, that didn't work out quite so well. Yes, I mashed up your names. <laughs> <laughs> it That's works. Chris written. with a K. It re- <laughs> guys. It's, it's Kyle with a CH. <laughs> Gibble question for you. I have a ninety-one percent Garchomp level 20 and a ninety-six percent Gibble level twenty. Which did I max out? Keep in mind, I only have 326 Gible candy, so I can only do one. They both have 15 attack. I have enough candy to max the Garchomp with candy left over for a second charge move. The Gible will require 50 rare candy to max out with no extra move. Unfortunately, neither break the 4000 CP mark. Darn. Let me know, and the dust is as good as spent. Thanks, Justin. Well, Chris. <laughs> Uh, i personally have two answers
0: for him i don't know about you (laughs) oh okay okay do you have one i mean one of them is the right answer which i'm sure you already know uh i mean i have an answer but i don't know if it's the right one okay i'll give you i'll give you my what i think is the right answer first yeah if if you're concerned about your resources go ahead and level up that 91 percent garchomp that's level 20 instead of that 96 because the five percent difference in in their ivs is not going to make a lick of difference in the future but those candies could be used other places that would make a much bigger difference than the five percent swing in base ivs if we're just going to talk about
1: value right just up front so what's your answer kyle Uh, i'm gonna say the 91 percent Garchomp. and honestly unless you like want to flex it i wouldn't even max it out unless you need it Take it to level 35, and that's going to be a, a good use for a counter. And then if you really want, you can evolve the second one and probably get that to level 35 too for the same cost as that's one true. level 40 Garchomp.
0: That is also true. Huh. So, you can have your cake and eat it too in that yeah. situation.
1: It's not too bad. You know, unless you are dead set on having a maxed out Garchomp, which I, don't, I wouldn't blame you for. In which case, I would still do the 91 just because, like Chris said, the 5%, it's not enough of a difference to actually matter.
0: Right. Okay, so now that I've given the correct answer and Kyle has given an even more correct answer. I'd like to see you after class Justin. Okay, everybody else is left. It's just you and me now. This is how I actually feel. Dude, you know, if you're like me, 100%, you're going to be like, "Look, I'm going to max out that 91% guard champ, sure, but you're always going to be thinking about that 96 in the back. You're always going to be like, what if I had just done that?" And you're going to have to you're going to feel like you have to do it later anyway. So you got to be honest with yourself. If it's going to bother you that you didn't do the 96%, then just save up and do the 96% one. We're just saying you don't have to feel that way. (laughs) Okay, get out of here, you rascal. Go max out your chops or whatever you kids do these days. Thanks, Justin. This last one is from Seth. Hiya, Chris and Kyle. I finally did it. After four years, I finally reached level 40. Yeah. Congratulations, Seth. I just want to take a minute to thank both of you and the entire community on Discord. If it weren't for all of you, I don't know that I would still be playing. So massive thank you to each and every one of you who's helped me along the way. Enough about me, though. Let's get into some questions I want your thoughts on. Okay, well, again, congratulations, Level 40. That's spectacular. His first question is, with the introduction of remote raid passes, how do you think Niantic will approach raid days going forward? I don't think they're going to change their approach at all. Yeah, nothing's going to change.
1: Once everything is hopefully... Back to normal. Remote raid costs are going to go up to discourage people from remote raid farming. Damage done during remote raids will go down back to whatever number they have in their mind. Yeah. And raiding in person is going to be the way to go unless you can't otherwise. Right. And then the
0: second question was, with the introduction of remote raid passes, how do you think Niantic will approach EX raids moving forward
1: now? How do I think they're going to approach it? Or how do I want them to approach it?
0: Well, how do, how do you think? Well, let's, let's answer both. How do you think? Because I think we <laughs> both agree they're not going
1: to change their approach to that at all either. Yeah, nothing's going to change with the EX rates. Once they're able to go back to it, they're just going to go back to it. It's such an easy way to rarity restrict a Pokemon for no good reason that they're not going to get rid of it or change it.
0: So do you think that because people are able to invite like a plus one to the raids that they won't allow remote raiders to be invited
1: yes i i do think that i do not think remote raids will interact with ex at all
0: no i'm i'm hoping not because it's going to be a lot of people arguing about who gets those spots because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's a cap on them
1: but so kyle then that begs the question how do you think they should i want them to yeet ex raids into the stratosphere but like that's <laughs> that's that's not gonna happen so yeah
0: You know, having Genesect in in five-star raids was nice, and he would have been in the past a potential EX boss.
1: Yeah, no, it's great. It's just like it's not necessary anymore. It worked beautifully for Mewtwo. I'm not going to lie. I didn't even do a single Mewtwo EX raid because I wasn't doing that back then, but it worked great because Mewtwo is special. I don't Think there's another Pokemon that is on a par of with Mewtwo that is that special.
0: No, I don't think so either. And if and if I'm being super honest with you, dude, is somebody that did participate in EX raids like pretty hard even during Mewtwo time, Deoxys ruined it yeah. for us. The the forms, it stayed too long. It just it was not it was not fun. But like you were saying, it was it worked out beautifully from Mewtwo. I cannot describe the type of energy I felt in some of those parking lots. Like people were legitimately excited about yeah, it. Like really got,
1: excited. And then we got Reggie Gaius. Like there's there's nothing. I don't think there's anything they can put into EX raids that would make people excited instead of disappointed.
0: Yeah, I don't think so either. So either they'll have to redo that entire mechanic or when they bring it out, it's got to be so good that we're willing to engage with the mechanic as is for it. And that's kind of a big ask at the moment. Anyway, thank you so much for the email. Seth, really appreciate it. And again, congrats on level 40. If you, dear listener, have an email you'd like to send in, just like all these fine folks did, you can do so by sending it to mail at gocastpodcast.com. Visit our website at gocastpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at gocastpodcast. Like us on Facebook at the gocastpodcast. You can help us out monetarily and also get on the patron-exclusive Discord by becoming a patron through Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Forward slash GoCast podcast. We post all of our stuff there, and uh, you can get some sweet stuff for just even one dollar a month. That includes Discord access, which is like my favorite place on the internet to be and hang out nowadays, <laughs> for absolute sure. And lastly, before we get out of here and set some goals, I do want to plug our Twitch channel which kyle and i have been really consistent about i'm really excited to say that Uh, i stream hopping into streaming and then doing two consistent streaming days is kind of difficult to keep up and i'm three days deep into these mashup mondays art project things that we're doing so three mondays it's been great really exciting so if you'd like to join in on mashup mondays where we take two pokemon that have been uh, out of a pool of 10 we spin a wheel on the screen. It lands on two Pokemon and we combine them by hand for, I say, 30 minutes, but then it takes an hour and a half. And then whatever, you know, we just continue. (laughs) Um, And it's been really fun. So come on out. We do that at 730 p.m. Central Time at twitch.tv forward slash go cast podcast. We also have a couple of links in our show notes and stuff that will push you in the right direction. Kyle and I also stream together. On Thursday nights at the same time, 7.30pm Central Time at the same Twitch channel, we're currently working on a Crystal version playthrough right now. And it's been very fun. We just started a <laughs> session and then ended a session in a team, ro- a team Rocket hideout and then in another Team Rocket hideout. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> I'm very excited to continue that later on this week. But that's that and goals need to be set. Have you been considering them quietly <sighs> to yourself?
1: i have i got nothing i mean geez okay nothing's nothing's going on right now you know not
0: really kind of
1: we're in a little bit of a lull
0: we don't know what the next five-star raid boss is going to be once genesect has gone on friday do we
1: we don't we don't Hmm.
0: one of my goals is going to be to catch whatever that is
1: yeah i'm gonna second that because i want to hopefully hopefully what if it's
0: something that we had before then we just have to catch at least one
1: i hope so yeah yeah let's
0: just do that if it's an old one let's just promise that we'll count the goal if we catch at least one of them because i wrote down catch new raid boss but if it's an old one i mean dude catch one (laughs) yeah catch a raid boss
1: (laughs) what would be the worst what would be the worst thing that would come to back to raids like that
0: (laughs) deox oh my god hey we gotta get the other shinies in there somehow right no, the other Reggie's just
1: bring a Reggie back. <laughs> I, I'd be OK with that. That'd be kind of nice. Reggie rock. Go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. Do it.
1: Be terrible. <laughs> uh, OK, so that going to try to actually get 200,000 Stardust this time. I also want to get enough cottony to make sure I get the evolution because I haven't done that yet. OK, so that's a that's a small goal. Uh, I'd also like to get a Sawaddle, but I haven't seen one yet, so we're going to have to see.
0: Should I just say catch one?
1: Yeah, just just one, because who knows how that's going to actually go for me.
0: Sounds good, man. All right, Kyle, for myself, I also want to catch the new raid boss. I put put 300,000 Stardust down because I, I got to really, I'm trying to hit 2 Milligan, but doing all these maxing things, is, <laughs> it's hard to keep up with. That being said, the next Pokemon that I have to max is Volbeat. <sighs> Oof. 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 right now, because I looked it up in order to take a look-see. I got 273 Volbeat candy. Oh, no. But I've got a Volbeat that's very close to max. Oh, okay. You're fine then. Oh, actually, it's only going to take me 160,000 Stardust and 190 candy.
1: Oh, man.
0: Alright, I won't do it until after the, we stop recording because I want to be able to cross it off next week and not right now. So, <laughs> I'll wait. Okay, cool, cool, cool. That's going to be pretty much it for me. I'm going to try to just enjoy the week because I feel like we're going to get a curveball. And if we don't, all the better that i don't have to focus on something i can kind of relax i want to i want a kyle unova week that's what i want all right well thank you dear listener for listening all the way through and we'll see each of you next time for episode 108 until then bye bye. bye